Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and voice double for every single character in the movie, Luca, Brendan Tuma. We have a big draft weekend coming up, guys. So after we go through the news and notes, I'm just going to break down how I think you should be drafting every position. The Harris Kickoff Draft Primer. What could go wrong? But before we get into it, let's talk about TickPick and season ticket packages to your favorite team worth three thousand dollars and how it's where you need to go to purchase seats for any NFL game now and into perpetuity. TickPick, the original no-fee ticket site, they are teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season every single month from now until February. They're going to do a drawing and they're going to pick one lucky winner for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Each package is valued at $3,000 and if you want to enter, just go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. All right, guys, let's run through some news and notes. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reports that there is a strong chance that Saquon Barkley is going to play in week one against the Broncos. The Giants are going to wait until next week to decide, but it certainly looks like things are trending in the right direction. This is really not a surprise. I mean, if you read the tea leaves all along, it sounded like they were just kind of slow playing this. They wanted to make sure Barkley was healthy. And again, as we said, Dr. Chow thinks that Saquon will probably play, but he's probably not going to play at peak 100% or anything like that right off the bat. So if you draft Saquon, be excited, put him in your starting lineup, but certainly don't expect monster production, at least for the first couple of weeks. Kenny Galladay returned to practice on Thursday from his hamstring injury, which suggests that he is going to be ready for week one. I've seen a few videos. He looks pretty confident. So I am bumping him up my draft boards just a bit. And if I do draft him, I'm confident in rolling him out there in week one. Meanwhile, Kadarius Toney also resumed practicing in full pads, as did Evan Ingram, who again suffered that calf injury. So it sounds like he might be a go as well. C.D. Lamb was reinstated from the reserve COVID-19 list, so no worries there for his availability. Curtis Samuel was working off to the side during Thursday's practice, but Ron Rivera is, quote, very confident that he's going to be ready in week one. Rivera also noted that Samuel's status will be all or nothing, meaning that he'll either be a full go or he's not going to play. Now, this may be just coach speak. Who knows? Samuel was an interesting test case because I really did view him as a target in my drafts before he started dealing with, obviously, the COVID concerns and then the groin injury. If he is fully healthy, he could be a steal in drafts right now because he is going way late as nobody really wants to get involved. My opinion, I would draft him as a wide receiver four if you can, which I think you can based on his latest ADP, and I'd stick him on my bench because there is a chance that he returns easy wide receiver three value. Brandon Ayuk remains sidelined with a, quote, slight hamstring injury, but this seems more like the 49ers are simply playing it safe. Again, no problem here. I like the way they protect their players, Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, and Brandon Ayuk. They've been pretty careful with all of them, so I expect Ayuk to be ready to go week one and be a solid wide receiver two this season. Ryan Suckup was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. And Bruce Arians says the Bucs have reached 100% vaccination rate. That's obviously just a good sign in terms of anybody missing time for COVID concerns in Tampa Bay. Carson Wentz, Zach Paschal, and Ryan Kelly were all activated from the reserve COVID-19 list, which again, this was expected. Everybody thought that they would probably be out roughly five days given that they were close contacts. So all look like they are full go, except for Wentz, who of course still has the injury concerns, but everything is trending in the right direction for him. Darrington Evans was placed on the IR with a knee injury. Again, that means he's going to miss at least three games. Now, 
Hopefully he comes back strong, but regardless, there's just no reason to consider him or any Titans backup right now. It is the Derrick Henry all-or-nothing show. Giovanni Bernard is apparently dealing with a, quote, mild high ankle sprain. That's not great, but it does sound like he's going to be back for Thursday's opener next week against the Cowboys. This is something to keep in mind. The Bucks did sign Darwin Thompson to the practice squad, probably as a hedge in case Bernard is not ready for week one. Travis Etienne underwent surgery for his list Frank injury. He is fully expected to be ready well in advance of the 2022 season. All right, let's get into some draft strategy and how I am approaching each position. And let's start with quarterbacks. I'm going to give you kind of a one-sentence summary for my strategy at each position. And for quarterbacks, at least for single quarterback leagues, it's wait until Joe Burrow is the next best quarterback left. What I mean by that is I have Joe Burrow as my 13th ranked quarterback, but I don't want to draft Joe Burrow. I've made it very clear. I have some slight injury concerns, of course, just in terms of his recovery, more the mental aspect of it and how he's going to perform at least early in the season. I think it's going to be slow going. Now, there are a top eight that I like to consider the absolute rock solid guarantees. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Now, personally, I am generally not going to make a move on Mahomes until at least the fourth or the late third, which means I'm probably not going to get him. Allen, Murray, or Jackson, I don't move on until the late fourth or fifth, and Dak, Rogers, Herbert, or Wilson until the seventh. So with those eight, chances are, given where I just told you where I'm going to draft them, I'm not going to get any of them. And I think that if that's where they're going to go, you probably shouldn't either. That leaves a tier of four before we get to Burrow. In some order, that's Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. You can have them in any order you want, but once you get down to the end, I am striking whatever round that may be, okay? If Matthew Stafford is the only quarterback left and it's round eight before we get to Burrow, I'm going to take Stafford with my next pick. I just want to avoid going past that line. Now, if you miss because some people are doubling up or taking backup QBs early, which I have seen, you can easily get away with streaming this year. Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and make sure in every draft, regardless of your quarterback, try to grab Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Both have unparalleled upside. All right, before we get to the running backs, let's talk quickly about Sleeper. Sleeper's been growing, you know that, and a big part of that is Dynasty Leagues. They are currently the largest Dynasty platform for fantasy football, number one by far. You guys know Dynasty is great. It keeps going all year long, a lot of trash talk. And again, it helps even with your redraft leagues because you learn a lot about the younger players and especially the rookies. Now, if you want to stay connected with your friends all year, Dynasty is the way to do it. Sleeper is the place to go. Just download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store. It is worth it. All right, let's get to my strategy on running backs. My one-sentence strategy, hit it early, hit it late. Now, my top nine players on my board are running backs, even in PPR leagues. You know who the top five are already. Then it goes Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Nick Chubb. That's your first round. Done. After that, you consider Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, and Antonio Gibson early on in the second round. By the fourth, you should have at least two running backs. And that line is Chris Carson, David Montgomery, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, and DeAndre Swift. All those guys should probably be off the board by the end of the fourth, and you really want to have two of them. Now, once your starting running backs and or flex spots are filled out, then you wait. You wait a while, but then you hammer it late. 
high upside running backs are more what you want here. Backs who can turn into strong RB2s, even an RB1 if the starter goes down with an injury. Guys like Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Rashad Penny, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, even Samaj Piran if you go late enough. Hammer the back end of your draft with running back depth and make sure that the guys you are getting are the guys who could be league winners if something happens to the running back in front of them. Turning now to wide receiver, my one sentence summary on my draft strategy, they don't all need to be home run swings. Now from doing mock drafts, I realized that there comes a point where the wide receiver position in fantasy just falls right off a cliff hard. And it's important to know this because it's actually easier to find running backs on the wire. There are always injuries. You can always find the next man up. There are immediate opportunities for those guys. It doesn't usually work that way for wide receivers. We chase wide receivers who had a big game, and oftentimes they do absolutely nothing the next week. Some are going to emerge, but it's not like you're waiting for that key injury to open the door. That's just not how the wide receiver position works. Now, the strategy is similar to running back. You got to hit it early, and then you got to hit it late. Unless you take Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle, you're probably going to wait on tight end, as we're going to talk about in a second which means it's pretty much running backs and wide receivers all day in the first five or six rounds if you do it correctly. You want to have your three wide receiver spots locked down before you start having questions about the quality of the wide receivers, which for me probably ends at roughly my wide receiver 33 with Corey Davis. After that, it's really when they don't all need to be home run swings philosophy comes into play. We want upside with our backup running backs, right? We just talked about that. We want the league winners if there's an injury in front of them. And yeah, I mean, the same is true for our backup wide receivers at times. Of course, you guys have heard me talk about Rondell Moore and Terrace Marshall, and you should be drafting those guys for sure, but they don't all need to be home runs. Because again, if something happens to your starters, it's not like you can just pick up the backup wide receiver on that same team. It's a harder spot to fill. So a guy I talk about a lot is Emmanuel Sanders. He's not exciting, but he should provide weekly production. Russell Gage, Jacoby Myers, none of these guys makes you feel excited when you draft him. But all of them can give you steady production if they have to pinch hit in your lineup. And this year, that might be enough to win you your league. All right, let's finish up a tight end. And my one sentence summary for my tight end draft strategy is go big or go Higby. I mentioned the top tier of tight ends before, right? Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, everybody knows. For me, Kelsey can go around the one-two turn in a 12-team league. Waller and Kittle go later in the second. And then there's that next mini tier, right, of Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and TJ Hawkinson. Of those, only Pitts for me is worth drafting where you need to acquire him in either the fifth or the sixth round just because of his massive upside. But really, I'm just waiting. If Logan Thomas falls far enough, I am definitely taking him. But really, most likely, I'm waiting till late and I'm drafting Tyler Higby. That is generally my preferred strategy. Wait as long as possible and take Tyler Higby. He can pretty easily finish as a top 10 tight end and he is going 11th in ADP. Most leagues, people just don't really care about it because they have been burned by wasting a pick on Higby before. Go ahead and wait as long as possible and then take him because I think he has as much upside as anybody at that position. If you miss on those guys, it doesn't matter. Noah Fan, John O. Smith, Dallas Goddard, Robert Tunyon, whatever, it doesn't matter. Throw a dart, try not to stress over it. All your tight ends stink. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket packages to NFL games for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. And don't forget to check out the best 
and number one dynasty fantasy football platform out there. That is Sleeper. It is cool. It is growing. You want to be a part of it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Next week is week one. We'll break it all down then.